everybody to Fourth Times the Charm, a podcast where we iterate through different podcasts every episode. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by the noble, the notorious, the delicious, the well-informed Ben. Ben, how are you doing today? It's me, Ben. Oh, hello. Wow. Or as we are going to say today, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. I am I your like host, how you ben. hit hit the intro every time. Yeah, I didn't even write that down. That's memorized, baby. Yeah, but you, we already did an intro. We're doing it again. I know, but that's like the tag, you know? That we do it twice. I feel like the fact that I have the same log line every week, I feel like you got to throw that in there, you know? Like every I, time. I appreciate your integrity. You're more consistent than this movie is. Yeah. Uh, so today we are going to dive into this quickly, more quickly <laughs> than we're actually recording this right now. Oh, we're going to die. We, we, we have not wasted any time in the recording of this episode. Eight Just minutes like- in. Hey, hey, eight minutes of content, Ben. <laughs> eight minutes in and we've introed twice and that's it. All right. No, so we're going to go into what is my favorite part of our old Festival of Findings podcast, Matt. Oh, yeah. And that is the deep dive analysis of the Super Mario Brothers movie that we watched. And we're going to talk about it. You don't need to have watched the last episode if you're looking for some weird information on this very infamous movie uh this is the place to listen to and it's going to be some different stuff from what people normally go over in that exact same article that's been reposted 20 times yep. across kotaku and the rest of the internet before we jump into it before we go too deep i want to hit on a couple new modern releases and an old release uh just so our, our noble compatriots out there who listen to our podcast every single week uh, has some things to watch if they want to cleanse their mm. palate after watching this god-awful film. Mm, that reminds me, Matt. Yes, Ben? We are upping the ante. No one has claimed oh, yeah, no that one has they yet. are yeah. our biggest fan yet. This is real life. This is just something free you can pick out. So yep. I first picked out the WWE Mattel uh, The Giant Action Figure. All right, that's like $10 value. Oh, yeah. Matt, what what did you put up last week? A random vinyl from my collection. A, a a real a full vinyl. Not I won't send you like a seven inch. You're gonna get a full LP. Full LP. That can range anywhere from my most expensive vinyl to my cheapest. You know, that's a that's a range of three dollars to you know upwards of a couple hundred dollars. So you don't know what you're gonna get. It'll probably be the most expensive one though. Oh, definitely. Oh, maybe. Who knows? You got to tell us you're our biggest fan on Instagram to find out. Yeah, you got to do it. It's fucking free. And you you have to say the the word word cheeseburger so we know it's from this episode. Oh, that's right. I am going to up the ante even more. All right. All right. If you go online and claim that you are our biggest fan and use the code cheeseburgers. Yep. Cheeseburgers in the message. Somewhere public. Yeah, Even and more public. bonus points if you tag some of your friends to show them that like you are doing this. Yeah, if you tell two friends, then they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, we'll all be amazing. Yeah, and that's really all we need. We can be your pet podcast. Yeah. But you can choose the giant action figure, the mystery LP, or 
the brand new lime green macho man randy savage micro brawler new in package wow wow you're really up in the ante like two inch figure can i be our valued it valued at 13 dollars shipped Ooh. if that doesn't work i've i've also pre-ordered a frank the clown micro brawler no i want that one Oh, so just to hit on two movies that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, First one is the new Nicolas Cage movie, Pig. Um, It's directed by uh, Michael Cernarski, which is his first feature-length film. Um, It has two writers, including uh, Michael and Vanessa Block. It's got Nicolas Cage, Alex Wolfe, and Adam Arnick in it, It in in addition to some other people. it's an incredible movie. It's uh, Nicholas Cage's probably best performance since maybe Adaptation. Uh, he crushes it across the movie. It's incredibly emotional and depressing and intense. Um, there's not a lot of like big over-the-top violence like you might expect from a movie like Mandy. Uh, and it's not like a schlocky ripoff of John Wick. It's legitimately a high-quality film. Uh, ben, I think I- with... What I appreciate about Nicolas Cage is that mm-hmm. he's almost a reverse actor to me. Oh, yeah. I, I think that he is such a character actor, but he still owns it so much that he's almost created his own genre of movie, the Nick Cage movie. There's not a lot of actors that yeah. can convincingly character act out of genre and still be captivating. Well, yeah, and if, I mean, if you look at all of his like biggest movies, like Face Off is an action movie. Um, Le- Leaving Las Vegas is like a fun kind of. Dr- it's like a drama romance, and, and then there's The Rock, which is a fucking just masterpiece in like suspense and intensity. It's like a thriller action. It's fantastic. He has next, and then he has his recent his recent actions with like Mandy, which is absolutely insane. He was he was Spider-Man Nior and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and was perfect. He was in uh, Willy's Wonderland, which was god awful. Uh, he plays Grug and Groot's the New Age. Uh, my fi- my second favorite recent release of his, Color Out of Space, which is a movie we'll talk about eventually. Stay tuned. Um, is and but Pig Pig was fantastic and I, I agree, Ben. He he honestly he carries the movie. He's the main character of the movie too, and he completely carries it from front to back. Um, it's hard to find, it's hard to find an actor who can really disappear into a role quite like Nicolas Cage. All right. What, what's the other one? Uh, the other movie I recently watched is we're going to go back in time from 2021 back to 1948, uh, Humphrey Bogart's Key Largo brought to you by Warner brothers. As it says in the movie poster, uh, this movie has an incredible poster. Um, and it was just a really good movie. It's a classic for a reason. Uh, my dad loves Humphrey Bogart, so we were recently on a trip together, and I brought my Humphrey Bogart DVD collection with me. So we watched uh, this fantastic crime drama. It's great tension, a masterclass of using dialogue to drive a narrative. Um, it's got some weird pacing, you know, in the very 1940s filmmaking kind of way, uh, but it's really good. It's aged well. It's semi-respectful and not overly like racist or offensive like movies from this time were accidentally um great movie directed by john hudson i highly recommend if you haven't seen it 
uh, go see it or go watch Casablanca or, or any of the other famous uh, Humphrey Bogart movies. Oh, and the guy who directed also directed 1974's Chinatown. Actually, he didn't, he didn't direct it. The guy who directed uh, this movie was also in Chinatown, surprisingly, the Roman Polanski smash hit. Um, and the last thing I want to I wanna hit uh, is just to mention that uh, uh, Max Land just put out a new amazing special, uh, The Death of Batman. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it, but go check it out. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's free, unlike some of these other movies. So big ups. Ben, back to you, because I don't think you've watched anything new recently, have you? No, I haven't. I've been uh, playing Divinity Original Sin 2 with my fiance. We are so sucked into it. We loved the first Original Sin. Uh, the first Divinity Original Sin, which is the worst name for a video game ever. But oh my god, it's an RPG with so much character. It's, it's once you get in the zone and understand how the game works, it's yeah. so engrossing. It's think- like... I mean, it's really like Dungeons and Dragons, the video game, but like yeah, every battle matters. There's no such thing as grinding in it. Every battle's a puzzle because yeah, there's I've, so few of them. They're all carefully crafted. It's so good. Yeah, I've, I've heard that all a bunch, but I, I tried to play it at one point. I just couldn't get into it. I mean, with the amount, it keeps getting, I have to go try it. I, gotta, I think I got to try playing it by myself because I've tried playing with other people and that really ruined it for me, I think. Who'd you try playing it with? Nick. Well, actually, if there was anyone you could do it with, it would be Nick. You're ready for fourth time's the charm? Wait, isn't this, isn't this Festival of Findings? Or are you ready for the Festival of Findings? Uh, yes. They're brothers. They're plumbers. They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite that gives anyone who possesses it the power. Rule the universe. Get me the rock! Now get it, lizard breath! Oh! No! They must rescue the princess. Luigi! Alien species escaping. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Brothers, this ain't no game. Warren.
comfortable than a Koopa Troopa Rapids Ben and Matt's Festival of Findings, a celebration of the odd, obscure, underappreciated, and best forgotten video games, movies, and media of yours. I am your host, the action figure Adonis Ben, and I am joined by my fellow host, Long John Silver himself, like the french fries, it's Matt. Matt, how you doing? Arr, matey, I feel rather crabby. Long John Silver's has some of my favorite fast food french fries. Oh, I... Is, do you consider Long John Silver's fast food? Yes, it's definitely fast food. It's seafood fast food. Like, but like, so do you consider Red Lobster fast food? No. But isn't, don't, don't you have to like sit down at Long John Silver's? No, Long John Silver's literally has a drive through Oh, fuck. I've never been to a Long John Silver's. <laughs> it's wild. I, I kind of want to, like, drink a lot one night when I'm go- in Kentucky and, like, go get Long John Silver's. We have because... Long John Silver's in Chicago. You can drink a Oh, lot really? Here. There's one in Chicago? <sighs> Matt, I'm telling you, this is our destiny. It sounds so disgusting. Yeah, but, like, I want to sounds... know. Yeah, The only thing I ever had as a kid were the hush puppies and the fries. Anyway. It's the only safe thing on that fucking menu. <laughs> okay, Matt... We cannot prolong this anymore. We watched last week the live-action 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie, but not only that, we watched the Jankel cut, the Morton Jankel cut, which is a fan-made edit of the movie to input over 20 minutes of deleted scenes and try to try to edit the movie in the way that the director intended. We watched the movie, very infamous movie for its steampunk style. Uh, the directors Morton and Jankel, for reference directed um max headroom skits so to give you an idea of what type of art style they were coming into this with matt what did you think of this infamous movie and not just that but the fan edit of it all right so i got i have two takes on this movie and the first is is that as a cheesy unserious kind of goofy divorced from the actual super mario world it's kind of okay it's like passably decent the first quarter first half is generally kind of cute and a little fun and the characters are good um the actors especially bob hoskins and john lamazano are surprisingly good actors uh and you can tell they hadn't given up all hope yet. Uh, but with that said, when it's taken in the context of what it is and what it's supposed to be, uh, it's it's awful. Um, it has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and I think that's nice. Uh, the The edit made it better, though. It edit it made some of the editing and like the utter disjointed nature of the original cut little bit more bearable um and and more rational but still it's a little it's hard it's tough i i have sentimental attachment to this movie because i watched this with my grandmother and i had a really fun time watching it with her and it was like this weird look into how people interpreted super mario brothers 20 years ago and i was like wow this is this is screwed up but like i kind of like it it the first half of the movie very creative, very energetic, um, and the fan edit really helps smooth out 
the character development and motives yeah, and just the actual editing of the movie i think it's sort of 50 50 what makes sense to have been left out yeah. and what they kept in but i still think i i guess it has to be at least more than that because i think the fan edit overall is uh definitely an upgrade it brings oh, it up agreed. to me from like a five to a six i like it more than matt i i just it's so bizarre that i appreciate the effort in a way but you can definitely tell that the second half of the movie falls off a cliff right after the police chase which i went ahead matt and i read through every single draft of this movie oh jesus that's been made available to the public, which you too can look at on smbmovie.com. Lovingly crafted website and dedication to this movie. The people obviously love this movie and I love their passion for it. It's a really well-designed site. Great place to look at like skeletal versions of the robots and animatronics and for making ofs. That's really um, cool. Shout out. Big shout out. Yeah. Like yeah, and subscribe. Those guys are awesome. Um, um follow us but on there they have every single publicly released script of the movie including a treatment of the movie a nine-page treatment that's a that's a a good find that's a wow yeah and so i went through every single one of them and the whole point i was trying to get at here is that the second half of the movie in every single version of the script is the part that changes most is the second and you half can of the tell movie? that they that they yeah the second half of the movie you can tell that they had a really hard time putting that together when watching it especially the fan edit the first part seems so much more cared for the actors seem more invested the movie the pacing feels better and then the second half like you said ben it feels like a disjointed mess well it it, it feels like there was 15 different hands on the second part And the first part was an actual directed movie. This movie was originally supposed to be a fantasy concept. Nintendo encouraged them to go in their own direction with it. Morton and Jenk will come on as directors and essentially try to make a mature 90s Mario Brothers movie. Mm -hmm. Run into tons of production delays. Disney comes on board or as a uh, publisher and they essentially go, hey, yeah, we'll make this movie. But why in God's name are people cursing in a Mario movie? clean this shit up the movie gets cut around a bunch and here we have it but i gotta say looking through all these scripts matt is like a descent into madness okay as you see the original concept which i think the original script is actually pretty good we'll get into it or it's at least fine for what it is it's good enough and then from the nine page treatment that follows which is lovingly called drain man because the guy who wrote it also wrote Rain Man. That's really depressing. From that point onwards, it becomes this weird steampunky Mario movie that honestly really shouldn't have ever been created in the first place, but I'm kind of happy that it did. I just mean, how, it's so weird. Yeah, frankly, I don't know how else this movie could look without being more offensive than it already is. I think more than that, it's just a, such a weird interpretation of Mario you'd never expect. Yeah, it's, I would It's just sort of captivating as its own curiosity. It's like yep. a YouTube movie. Yeah, it, it really it really does like there's those fan edit versions of like Star Wars and other like fan made versions of a film. I bet there is a fan made Super Mario out there, and almost all of them are better put together than this movie, but have the exact same like sense around. It's like an 
it's the different it's different than an indie film or like a a b movie it just has that kind of we had an idea and we decided to turn it into an hour and a half instead of the 25 30 minute idea it was unfortunately directors martin and Janko were largely loathed by the people who worked for them uh dennis uh bob hoskins in particular has had nothing but terrible awful very bad things to say about them uh, the movie also starred John Leguizamo's Luigi, Dennis Hopper's King Koopa. The main sections of the film were filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina at a cement factory. Hey, hey, they were in that cement making game. Ha ha. Uh, yeah, they're in the several mob. Pro- several production companies involved, including Allied Filmmakers, Synergy Pictures Entertainment, and Hollywood Pictures. That's always a good sign. On a $48 million budget. It had an $8.5 million opening weekend in May 1993, only distributed in the U.S. and Canada. Japan was spared and grossed just under $21 million, which puts it, Matt, at making about a fourth of the money it needed to in order to turn a profit or to break even. And if you know anything about movies, then it made just enough money. So this movie, once again, had very lack of Nintendo oversight. It had tons of rewrites. By the end of this, uh, they were calling the script drafts the rainbow script because every day was a different color script because it was changing so often. Jeez, that's insane. That seems, yeah. like, a, that seems like a great environment to work under, especially as a serious actor. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo dealt with it by being perpetually drunk constantly on set, which, hey, good Aww. for them. You can kind of tell. Uh, the most unfortunate incident, though, is that when uh luigi was set to drive a cop car he accidentally slammed the door shut on bob hoskins finger breaking it perfect yes as as needed so so if you look there will be several shots in the movie where his arm is strangely obscured yeah yeah. cast on yeah it's very clear the first time you notice it if you watch the movie i hadn't i need i never noticed it before but yeah when we watched it it was it was clear and really kind of overly obvious in my opinion but they 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 did an okay job with it so that's where we stand with the overall look at the movie yep let's start at the beginning i think that one of the things that stayed the same in the script and in the actual movie itself is i do think that the core mario and luigi characters are very strongly developed i agree with you in the first half of the movie i think the the nature of their characters really falls apart like you lose a lot of the charm that they had but in the first half in the first half of the movie you really get to know these guys and it seems like it's gonna be a fun movie through all the drafts of the scripts i read even the first one like, it was very clear the older brother Mario, younger brother Luigi dynamic was at play. Mario, Mario. And I really like the characterization of Luigi. Yeah. I mean, because in the, even in the games, prior to Luigi getting his own games, he was really just kind of like the, like the little bro who was learning from his big kind of brother. And I think it fits really well with the character as it was probably thought of in 1993 by the general public. One of the things I noticed from the scripts that would have made the actual movie, I think, a lot better is if they included the diner. In several scripts of this movie, there's the diner that Daisy works at. 
Oh. And then she volunteers at the construction site part-time. Oh, that's, that's so much cooler. Idea of it. And then there's a deleted scene that's used in this fan edit where Mario and Luigi are just randomly fixing pipes at the diner. Ooh. So that's why they would have been at the diner and then Luigi would meet Daisy instead of what's honestly a really weird way for them to meet each other. Yeah, oh, it's 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 completely strange. Like it's so innocent and stupid, it almost fits with the theming, but it's still weird. You're like, "Wait, how did we get to this point?" Yeah, like, "Why do you care about each other?" Oh, okay. Oh, oh, the rest of the movie is going to be partially based on how much you care for this person and your desire to help. Oh, okay, the movie's still going. I honestly don't know why they dropped that. The further we get on into the scripts, the more mind-numbing it gets. I really started, a part of me really started to hate this movie. Because uh, I actually went from the draft that was closest to the released movie, and I went backwards. Oh, so you you, you got to see the evolution, but in a different different direction. Right, yeah. So what was the best, what was the best version, Ben? Honestly, I think the original one's probably the best. And how, how close, what, what percentage of that original script do you think made it into this movie? Like 5%. Nice. I not okay. think, I know. Yeah, okay. The, the original one, Mario's the older brother who's taking care of him, and Luigi's the bright-eyed younger brother. Mm-hmm. There's a surfing scene. But what? Instead of, yeah, in, but instead of ice surfing, they're surfing on a stone Luigi. Wait, what, why is there, how is, wait what yeah oh let, let's just I'll, I'll go through the broad strokes okay the first script is referred to as the wizard of oz script it's like a straight up fantasy world they fall into oh okay. all right instead of daisy it's hildy mario still acts as the mother okay. they owe money to eddie del pino and this is the first of several drafts where mario's encouraged to sabotage the dig site for money Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like a moral thing for Mario himself. Yeah. Yeah. What I love is Scapelli goes through so many different name changes. Just oh. random, unnecessary name changes in these drafts. He goes to from Delpino to okay. Scarpelli to Scapelli to Canelli back to Scapelli. Oh, they really they really went for some diversity in their naming. <laughs> they really did. I, I like how I like how despite all of it, they're all just like offensively attempting to be Italian. <laughs> so it's weird too, because I feel like the way they find the locket is once the original draft of this script is much more faithful to the games. Like here, they find the locket doing plumbing work for the church in a pipe. Ah, okay. that's sort of cute, you know? Yeah, they're magic magical plumbers and shit. The Luigi-Hildy relationship makes a lot more sense because he's already in a relationship with her. Oh, they're just, okay. Yeah, they're just f- debating whether or not to say I love you, and they both want to say it, but oh boy, they're just so nervous. This is, so, this is so much more 90s than the actual movie is. They have the locket, but then Koopa, instead of Iggy and Spike, who don't even exist in this movie... He comes to the human world. He says that he's there on behalf of her parents. And then he kidnaps her and takes her to uh, the mushroom world. Oh, that's so rad. Once again, a lot more like the games, which apparently Nintendo and Miyamoto were like, no, do your own thing, which I don't get. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like they're doing their own thing enough. You know, even like, yeah, it, it feels good enough because I don't feel like Luigi's about to marry Daisy in the games. Like that feel this all feels pretty fresh, pretty modern. So so far, I'm agreeing with you. This sounds like a m- much superior project. Here is how Mario and Luigi fall into the Mushroom Kingdom in this version of the script. And tell me if you think this is something that someone who played the video game would want to watch more. Okay. Exterior. The open end of the pipe. Day. It sticks out of a grassy meadow, which is at the top of the screen. The sky is at the bottom. The brothers shoot out the pipe downward into the sky, and as we follow them, camera turns right side up. The brothers stop in the mid-air, and, as if gravity has reversed itself, they fall back to the ground and land in a heap, Luigi on top of Mario. Behind them, the pipe they fell out of recedes into the ground, preventing their escape. Ugh, get off of me! Oh, what? Oh. Both brothers spotted it once, lying on the ground. They grapple for it, ad-libbing, it's mine, gimme it, no! They bump into the base of another pipe sticking out of the ground, and as they wrestle, we tilt up to see... Rising out of the pipe, a green-stalked plant six feet high, topped with a bulbous blood-red flower. Startlingly beautiful and as big as a watermelon. It stirs, its petals part, revealing two rows of teeth. The jaws of the man-eating piranha plant. Hell yeah! The brothers roll back and forth beneath it, unaware as the jaws of the plant close in. And strike once, twice, but each time the unsuspecting brothers roll away just in time. Now Luigi, pinned under Mario, looks over his brother's shoulder and sees the jaws descending on his brother's head. Mario, look out! What the fuck was that accent? It's a uh, Luigi's Mansion, Luigi. Thank you. Thank you. Wah. Everyone's a critic. Wah. Regardless, I pop for that plant. If that happened and that was in the movie, I'd pop so hard. I think part of the issue of why this wasn't made is because it would have been a lot more expensive. Oh yeah. A lot more effects work. That would have that 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 scene would probably not have aged very well, aesthetically speaking. Yeah. So from there, they rescue Toad, who's like their comedy relief throughout the movie uh-huh uh they save him from piranha plants they see bowser fly away with hildy in an airship oh no the villagers are called the yela y-e-e-l-a-h which is weird yeah I was gonna say, that uh, reference to something i don't understand well instead of kamek he's called beetle man beetle man okay i like it i like it the mario brothers ingratiate themselves to the locals because they think that they are the plumbers of prophecy. <laughs> like, like, isn't that cute? That is really cute. That's so. That had. That's the kind of cute energy that I'd want based on the beginning of the other of the movie before. Yeah, this is the Yila Captain. Twenty years ago, Koopa crushed the king's forces and seized power. The royal family was wiped out, all but the king and his daughter. Some say our king died in the fighting. But we believe he still lives. And all these years, Koopa's forces have enslaved us, made us take arms against our own people. But now at last we shall be liberated. You, the warriors of the prophecy, you who will vanquish Koopa, have finally come to save us. Suppose, so just suppose, big hypothetical here, 
suppose. That we weren't these, uh, warriors. What would happen? We would kill you. So, like, see, that's fun. Yeah, that's, that's cute. That's I mean, it's, it's not... It's not anything you haven't seen before. It's really basic, but it's fun enough. Yeah, I'm not really looking for much else than just kind of the straightforward basics when it comes to a movie like that. I just want I want to be spoon-fed nostalgia, have a good time, Koopa some troopas, and get on out to of there. To be fair, this wouldn't even qualify as nostalgic yet. Oh, no. This is, like, referential to modern day. This movie, This movie should have been a version of the haunted house franchise but about super about video game movies before they were even movies what content <laughs> what well, i think okay what i was uh, saying anyway. is that imagine if the movie had been directed as like a satire parody of the idea of a live action video game movie but set in the super mario brothers franchise i need to drink more for that to <laughs> for, to agree with that but i'll get there eventually i got some rum all right, uh, the ticking clock in this version of the script is Koopa is forcing Hildy to marry him Ooh. so that he can put on the invincibility crown. Oh, what? But to marry him and make it official, she needs to love him. So he's feeding her love potions and chocolates. So when she eats the last chocolate, it'll all be over. Oh, so it's it's kind of has like a Beauty and the Beast subplot, but a lot, sort of. a lot more I, I abusive. Mean, I mean, I mean, not, I mean, not that deep, but yeah. Also, Mario is a dick in this version of the script. Oh, really? He's the biggest dick in draft one. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm so tired of you, Luigi. You have ruined my life. Oh, no. What? There's a weird subplot about how Luigi stole, or, or no, their, their father gave Luigi a Swiss Army knife and Mario wanted it. But Luigi got it, and he didn't even like those. There, there's so much they could have done with what you just read, and then they did, and they did, they made it about a, a pocket knife. Yeah, I, I well, feel Swiss like Swiss Army knife. I feel so, like in, yeah. I feel like in universe though, I feel like Mario is really annoyed by Luigi. I don't feel like they have like a congenial like we're best friends relationship. Like they need, they realize they both need each other. But that's as far as it extends. The <laughs> In recent Mario games, they've actually kind of flipped the script where Luigi's really the more responsible one of yeah. the two. Or he's like, it's like Mario's like the deluded older brother who can't see his own issues. So I got to say, uh, one of the weirdest things about reading this is that Yoshi was always going to be stupid. Yoshi in the final movie is a tiny T-Rex. Okay. He's a tiny T-Rex in every version of the script, except for the first one. Where he is a tiny brontosaurus, and he's named Junior. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, they're backstabbed by Toad, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they forgive him. Uh, okay, they sure. use the raccoon leaf. Luigi oh. does to save Toad from dying. Right, that's actually fun. There's a scene with thwomps where one of them crushes a bob bomb and crumbles apart. Okay, okay. Uh, they they have like a few cool one liners in here, like. They do the, your princess is in another castle. Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, they get to Bowser's castle and Koopa has a bachelor party. Okay. That's, yeah. I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into that. Uh, you can sort of figure what a Koopa bachelor party would be like. Um, let's see. There's chain chomps. Yeah. All Koopa. the all the main stuff. Yeah. Koopa, Koopa gets a crown, but Luigi, the power of love, saves Hildy regardless. Bye, bye. 
<laughs> All-powerful Koopa turns Luigi to stone. And then they have the earliest version of the sledding scene that ends up in the final version of the movie. Except this one would have cost about 20 times more money because it would have been surrounded by lava. Oh, shit. That would have been badass. Yeah. Oh, and the ending in, in this version is really weird. Okay, what's the ending for this one? Here is the original ending of the movie. It's a final showdown between Koopa and Mario. Koopa can do anything he wants because he has a stupid crown. Koopa walks to where he is standing directly over Mario, aiming his finger at the single strand that holds him. Now die, little man. Would you call me? Koopa hesitates. Little man, I have a mind to come up there and kick your scaly butt. Oh. Koopa just chuckles. You think that crown makes you big? Hey, I admit, I got a problem about my height. I'm a little touchy about it, but I know I'm bigger than you'll ever be. <laughs> I'll show you big. Koopa suddenly Ooh. grows larger to where he's eight feet tall, but the crown Hell on yeah. his head does not grow. <laughs> so so he keeps goading him. He gets bigger. He gets bigger. Okay. All right. All right. We're getting thick. He gets super big, and then... Beetleman, watching with the troopers, realizes Mario's ruse. Your Majesty, stop its trick! I know oh. that, you imbecile! Koopa levitates two feet in the air, taking all the weight off the slate. He laughs cruelly at Mario. <sighs> Thought you could outwit me? Yes, he is Freddy Krueger, by the way. Yeah, uh, we know this voice very well, everybody. Not at all, not at all. By the way, your shoe's untied. Koopa looks down. The crown slips off his head, clattering to the bridge. Without the crown on his head, he has no supernatural power, so he suddenly shrinks back to normal size and, hovering for a split second, realizes he's dead meat. <clears throat> so he grabs onto a rope, asks for people to help him. Beetleman and everyone else are like, fuck that. Yeah, no thank you. Just as Koopa's inches away from reaching Mario, the rope is severed and Koopa plunges, screaming into the river of bubbling lava. Right, Mario I see breathes where they a sigh that. of relief. It's over. No, that's not the end. Here's the end. Oh, oh no. But from beneath the boiling lava rises the huge, wraith-like, fiery head of Koopa. Oh Mario no. Mario sees it and scrambles up the rope as the fiery Koopa rises to consume him. Mario reaches the bridge, and the mammoth, fiery head rises level with him. Its mouth opens, shooting flames. Hey, Koopa, stick a fork in it! The Koopa hey. head stops spewing fire, looks at Mario with a surprised, Huh? You're done. Game's over. Realizing that he's lost, Koopa wails, spitting a last burst of flame skyward, then collapses into the lava. Forever. Like, what the fuck, fuck happens yeah, there? Yeah, I know. Like, what? I was, what? I'm, I'm speechless. That is like, that is something special. <laughs> that that ending is literally swipe or no swiping. Yeah, but he, it doesn't even describe what... I, he just dies. He's like, you lose. And he's like, I lose. Blah, 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 blah. Like, Wait, he's uh, actively spitting fire out. It's so, so pro wrestling. Is it? That's like the opposite of pro wrestling. No, I feel like pro wrestling sometimes where it's just like, and it's done after all of this. All right. Well, this original version of the draft is from July 17th, 1991. Should have made The last it. draft was one year later. So let's see what can happen in a year. Here is number two, the nine page pitch for drain man just look at the cover art that they made for it holy shit what that's so cool 
unclogging the world this summer. Like, I would love to have that as a poster. It's yeah. just this giant pipe made of pipes and angry eyes at the bottom, and it's so metal. Yeah, it's, it looks like an 80s text-based adventure game that's going to, like, take place in the dungeon. It's going to be super sweet. Like, I, like if, if, if you told me this was an RPG, like a tabletop RPG we could play, I'd play the hell out of it. So Jim Ginovan and Thomas Parker wrote the first one. Okay. Apparently they hated all that. Then they, then they brought Parker Bennett and Terry Runte for this pitch. This is the pitch that makes everything sci-fi. It sets up the fact that the Mario Brothers are in the plumbing business. It's not doing well. They just need one big score. And it's not the same plot beats, but more or less it's the same general idea. Yeah, it's got the same what juice. the finished movie is. It, yeah, it has the same like sci-fi aesthetic to it. Okay, all right. Mario thinks he knows how the world works and tries to pass that knowledge on to his brother, usually in the form of plumbing analogies. Hey. Women are like old-time sinks. They run hot or cold, no in-between. Oh, that, wow, no. Luigi no still has like the same tone as the original draft. Where he's oh. one step above a simpleton. And that carries through every version of the script, which I kind of appreciate. Because I yeah. think uh, he commits so much to it that it works. Yeah, it does. You, ha- you have to hard commit or it's not going to work at all. Yeah, we already have rival plumbers okay. uh, in New York, which becomes the Scapellis. Yep. In the final version of the movie. Do they have de-evolution guns? They do not have the devo guns because where the fuck did that idea come from (laughs) mario and luigi find that all the humans in this world live in a place simply called the village when they arrive the people are at first hostile but then when they realize these guys are plumbers they fall to their knees they're the plumbers of prophecy who are supposed to come and defeat the evil king koopa so this is more from the first version of the script okay This version of the script is where we start getting multiple princesses kidnapped or multiple women kidnapped. Oh, you went to the wrong castle. (laughs) Yeah. Mario and Luigi's quest will satirize both the urban landscape of New York and the Dungeons and Dragons type legends of old. When Mario and Luigi are sent to the pit of no return, for example, that's in the first draft of the script. Sure. It's a bar on the 42nd Street. So hip, no one can bring themselves to leave once they enter. That's cool. That's like Percy Jackson. Yeah, so this is like the bridge from what we end up getting to what we originally had. The third act has Mario and Luigi working to thwart Koopa's plan, destroying a giant pipeway, and fixing the world's biggest leak, the interdimensional leak between our two worlds. I I like that so much more than what we got, especially when they call it an intergalactic leak. Basically, the final version we got is that but bad. Yeah. It's like they took that and interpreted it in all the wrong ways. They just chose every bad choice they could make and committed to all of them. So the first version of the script is labeled the Wizard of Oz script. All right. The second one is the sci-fi fantasy hybrid pitch. Oh, and then draft three is the Ghostbusters version. No! So this version of the script is really where we start getting a lot of the same scenes same writing from the final movie we have the mario mario joke which is the oldest surviving joke in this whole movie is the mario mario luigi mario joke all right hey hey, at least does that come in like script two 
It, it comes in this script. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's 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 script two. Yeah. And it and it stays in every version. Oh, it's a good joke. Yeah. Some changes. Uh, Mario has a girlfriend in this movie, Daniela. I think she was a fine addition. What do you think? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't mind Mario having a girlfriend. It made him seem more human and whole, especially his react interactions with her. Why couldn't they go with Pauline though? Like, why not? Or or Peach? You know? Yeah, Peach would have been the right choice. Like, you have that there. There's no reason to steer away from it. Yeah, and it's just a name. You don't have to do anything about the character like the rest of the movie didn't care about. Uh, There's some weird one-liners they try and throw in here, like Ghostbusters. Luigi says, I guess it's Miller time. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe they want to... That's how they would have could afford to make the giant fantasy epic they wanted to. This movie also comes with it, and the director's asked for this, a much more mature tone. Sure, yeah, I would agree. Like, listen to this. This is the original version of their intro to uh, the New York area, all right? All right, I'm ready. We rack focus as Mario and Luigi step into the foreground through a service door. They're about to turn and see Daisy. Oh, she's Daisy now. When a crush of passengers stampedes out, blocking the view. Mario bumps into a hulking businessman who shoves him aside. Watch where you're going, jerk! Luigi tries to stop a little old lady. Excuse me, can you tell me where I am? You're in my way, dickwad! (laughs) She pushes past them. Mario shakes his head. These guys are all assholes! Realizing, we're in Manhattan. (laughs) So all of a sudden, this movie just has... A lot more language involved, which is really weird. Yeah, it has a lot of character now. Well, yeah, it's more on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to being instead of like chintzy and stupid cute, goes the other direction to like, you know, fun cute. Yeah, you know what's really fun cute, Matt? A prostitute who asks the Mario Brothers if they want to get flayed. What? Are you shitting me? Luigi leads Mario to where Daisy entered. The marquee reads, Portal Rama, live review. A bass beat throbs inside. The woman Luigi saw does look a lot like Daisy. So do the other women milling about. The same hair, the same build. One of them turns. An unusually attractive prostitute. Uh-oh. Hey boys, wanna get flayed? They shake their heads. Mario prods Luigi along. Come on, let's get to a phone. I'm very glad they didn't be when they weren't like, sure... Yeah, Toad is in this movie. He does a bit more than in the final movie. He's also Chameleon in this version, which I guess was also too expensive. Um, I guess. They still do the Mario Mario joke. There's still a cop chase, but there's also a giant train which ends the cop chase. Like a giant train crash. Why? It's like they knock the train off the rails and it starts chasing everyone. This version has a pretty close to final version of Koopa, except there's this weird gimmick where he's Koopa the blank. So I guess the idea is that they can vote. It's a democracy. You can vote for anyone as long as it's Koopa. So you have Koopa the despot, Koopa the stud, Koopa the statesman. And it's like different versions of the same guy. It's never really fully realized. Yeah, it's a little awkward once we get past halfway in the movie once again where the movie crashes to a halt the scripts are always different we have on page 72 the violent world of sports which is a 
golf tournament where what? Wait, what? all of the competitors to Koopa the Sportsman end up dying. And then he wins and then they catch the Mario Brothers. Why go- had Mario Golf just come out? <laughs> no. No. I don't think so. Was Mario Kart out at this point? It was like on its way out, I think. It feels like this movie would drastically benefit from other Mario properties having been already made. I of- agree. I agree. Oh. I want a Mario Party movie. I want a Wreck-It Ralph Mario movie. So Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Re- yeah. Wreck-It Ralph with Donkey Kong instead of Ralph. Yeah, exactly. Same movie. Just different, slightly different. Koopa still has Daisy kidnapped and they're just trying to rescue her, which is a bit simpler than the final version. They end up splitting up Mario and Luigi. Toad, who's like the leader of the resistance, mm-hmm. uh, he helps rescue Mario from the desert. Hell yeah. They both rescue Luigi, who's in the ice cavern. Ooh. Yeah, the ice dungeon, uh, which later evolves into the ice slide. Oh, hey, that's cute. Yeah. I like it. That's fun. Is there a penguin? There is not. But every version of this script, Matt, has weird-ass endings. Yeah. Like, as these scripts go on, they always get stranger. Okay, let's hear what's the ending for this one. Right here, they are about to go through the portal. To, to go back home. Yep. Mario thrusts his hand in. It seems to upset the portal. It convulses as it drags him in. As his arm disappears, a claw-like hand grabs him. It's Koopa. He grabs Mario's arm and tries to pull him out. The portal begins contorting wildly. Koopa gets sucked in. Interior. Interdimensional space. At all times at once. Mario and Koopa are trapped. Rules of space and time do not apply here. They're determined, subconsciously, by Mario and Koopa. Sucking wormholes appear in different forms, dancing in space, then suddenly vanishing. First subdimension, psychedelia. Time and space are fluid here. So are Koopa and Mario. Koopa lunges, becoming a fluid projectile. Mario ducks, a flat puddle. They re-solidify, startled into crystalline forms. Mario dives at Koopa. They shatter and give way to second subdimension, opera slash factory. An opera set designed like a deco assembly line. Stone-faced workers churn out identical pagliacci's. This audience seems to be a mass of slithering eels and tuxedos. One pagliacci tears off his clown face. It's old man Mario. He laughs. His mouth splits open to reveal Koopa. Mario flies up. As he connects, the background starts to shimmer and change. Yeah, there's a reason this movie wasn't made. That sounds, like, incredibly expensive and fucking ridiculous. What the hell? <laughs> Could you imagine if this was real, Matt? I think I literally cannot. I want this to be real. I want to see that movie. That's like the... Um... Oh, I thought of the movie while you were saying it, then it escaped me. They they then go to Jungle Land, where Bowser looms over him 50 times his size, and then they go to Kansas before returning to New York. Why the hell do they go to Kansas? Is that a different country, dimension? <laughs> yes, the dimension of Kansas. Okay. We go from the Ghostbusters draft to the Die Hard draft. What? In the Ghostbusters draft... Scapelli is Daniela's father. In the next three versions of the script, I think. Okay. Scapelli is Daniela's brother. 
Oh. Which also introduces another thing that for no reason they cut out of the movie. Yeah, which would have been very easy to include. In this version of the script, it's called Dino Yak. It's Ugh. also known in later versions as New Yuck. Do you want to hear the Koopa opium sex scene, Matt? Is there a second option or is that my only option? Because that's my only option. I'm into it. Well, let's see. There's instead of Toad Goomba in this, we get Hark, the nice Goomba. Okay. There is a, you remember how there's a deleted scene where Spike and Iggy drive for like 30 seconds? Yeah, they just For chat. no reason, then they get out. That was originally supposed to be a multi-page car chase what? through the desert, like Mario Kart. See, that's Mad what the movie needed. Need a Mario Kart yeah. Mad Max moment. Oh, also in only this version of the script, Koopa's Tower is the Twin Towers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, well, but they, they, they didn't but we get some gender equality in this version because okay. the Brooklyn Babes, all the rescued princesses, they helped too. Hooray! That that got taken out quickly. Wow, not shocked. Not shocked at all. Let's go to the Koopa opium scene. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't sound like there's anything better than that in this movie. By this point forward, we have the main plot points with you know the shard, the locket, how they find it. Louis uh, mm-hmm. Daisy is a baby. Uh, and I think this is the draft of the script that introduces the end with the bob blowing up Koopa in some okay. form or fashion. Yeah, the long term, like the mushroom helping. Does, does, do these other well, versions actually, have a sentient mushroom man? <laughs> actually, Matt, it's very controversial because the person who gives the Mario Brothers the bob changes in almost every draft of the oh, movie. Oh, okay. That's There's a weird... Toad who does it there's the mushroom who does it spike gives it to them in one draft okay this is a weird fucking movie i i want to they it really feels like they picked and choose scenes from each of these drafts and they just picked the cheapest and worst ideas you can tell that there are too many hands in the pot in this yeah. and, and you could also tell that these weren't the right directors for it because they were trying no. to force it into something that everyone around them obviously can tell is not what it should be this movie needed peter jackson or steven spielberg it needed not this interior koopa's tower koopa's sweet night a version of this does sort of end up in the final movie a vast room towering crystalline windows overlook the city instead of a giant gray block one side is koopa's command center a lone computer console the other is koopa's bedroom a spacious bed a banquet table a sunken pit with bars The marble floor is strewn with torn sheets, gutted pillows, and empty bottles. A fiercely sexual Lena, she's introduced now, lies stretched on the floor, panting with exhaustion, her reptile skin dress clinging in tatters. Across the room is Koopa, dressed in a warlord's robe glowing with sweat. His hair untied now tumbles in dark strands across his shoulders. He takes a hit from an ornate, curved opium pipe. That was incredible. No. Now, let's have sex. What? <laughs> this feels like a bad written scene from Requiem for a Dream. Uh, this is offensive, and I love it. The, the Lena character never gets fleshed out in any of these drafts of the script. Of course not. Which... But it surprises me because in the final version of the movie, she's really forgettable and she introduces this late plot point twist where she tries to take the power from Koopa and there's nothing behind it. 
Oh, it's just this is like empty. Yeah. Okay. After this, we get the Mad Max version. Mm-hmm. But by this point, the changes are getting smaller, but there are also too many of them. Yeah. Because so much dialogue is changed in between to say the exact same thing. I think that happens a lot when writers want acting credit. They have to change over 50% of a movie's uh, of a script so that they can say that, that like they wrote the script. Yeah, it's their script. It's not like his script right. that we adapted. Ugh. There, there are a few things which have stayed the same for several drafts now, like the scene where Daisy shows up at the orphanage. They loved that line where Koopa interviews them about himself and calls himself a slithering son of a snake or whatever. Yeah, they love alliteration. That's like almost every draft. And and Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario, Mario, Luigi. Also, in the Die Hard version of the script, Mario says bitchin'. Hell yeah. I love that. I I want my Mario and my Luigi to curse. Just for reference, the first version of this script was July 17th. Okay. Of 1991. Yes. And the sci-fi fantasy portion was written in October 28th of 1991. Oh. We get our first draft of this version, February of 92. Jeez. And then the rainbow rewrites start in April 92. And that's when they're filming. Okay. So from February until April is where like, all of these are being written with a lot of changes wow. when they're about to go into production. They were ready. That's, that's how you know it's going to be a good film when they're still writing and preparing it um, weeks and months before it comes out, before it begins filming. So less than four months before they start filming, Matt, mm-hmm. they have a scene where Koopa smokes opium and has sex and Mario says bitchin'. Yeah, I'm into it. That's the version of the movie I want to see. The Mad Max version isn't too different. They have a different desert car scene, which... If I look back at it, it's probably going to be a budget cut one. And then we get what's yeah. called the Disney princess version. Tons of changed dialogue uh, and scenes that end up in the Jankle cut that we watched. Okay. Um, there's this weird song that they fully wrote out in this version of the script. Oh, hell yes. Special music. This movie needed yeah, that. In the, in the dance scene. The Iggy <laughs> and Spike rap, by the way. Yeah. Is not in any version of the script. Well, that was that was pure improv. You can tell. You realize what our society has become. You ever get the feeling you're on automatic pilot? You're going through the motions like waves in the ocean. That life is a series of brainless notions, and you want to feel something more than empty emotions. When we met two plumbers who had an idea, they showed us the light and the new frontier. Mario and Luigi, they know what's right. We gotta take a stand and put up a fight. Well, stop and think, think this through. through. It's time to get rid of you, you know, know who. who. A radical development is taking place. Iggy and Spike will, will set, set the pace. Koopa, the, the party poopa. The Poopa Scoopa. It's a crying shame. We're playing his game. He's got us so tame. It really is lame. We're all so dumb being under his thumb. Be proud reptilians. We number in the millions. Look at these Goombas. Shutting us down. The rule of force. Is the rule of this clown. Koopa. The The party Poopa. That is divine inspiration right there. Do you want to hear the song, Matt? Oh, yeah, I do. The very pretty song. Slow and melodic. Okay. And in this one, Mario is dancing with Bertha. So we've gotten that part in too. 
All right. There's one version of the script where he has a dance-off with Lena, which is the most relevant she is in any version of this. At least, she, at least she has an opportunity to do something at some point. During the entirety of the song, Mario is doing everything he can to work the pendant off of her. And for the most part, he's actually succeeding. Sure, she keeps thinking he's stroking her, fondling her. And sure, he has to act like that is exactly what his intent is. Over all of this, the music is actually very pretty. Okay. Slow and melodic. When I first touched your reptilian skin And that toad-like green ooze trickled down from your chin And you belched and I fought it And that's when everything started Now I just gotta ask And this ain't just a line Should we slip under your rock or mine? This is the chorus. My rock's got maggots and your rock's got worms. My rock's got mildew and your rock's got germs. My rock or your rock, baby, you set the terms. Should we sleep under your rock or mine? Holding you close with your putrid perfume, which is killing the mold in this ill-smelling room. I want to dig up our dirt. You don't mind if I blurt, should we slip under your rock or mine? Yeah, everyone, this is Ben Tucker, the National Treasure of Kentucky. That was That was one of the best things I've heard in a long time, Ben. That was that was as good as your speech at the wedding. Man, I'm, man, I'm really offended by that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last thing I got from all these different versions of the script, and then we can start winding down here, is the alternate ending. Oh, another one? Which is close to the post credit scene in the released movie where Iggy and Spike become the Super Koopa brothers. Okay, all right. Now Mario notices two Japanese gentlemen on the sidewalk. By the way, this is in the script for several versions. And the first version was really freaking racist. Where they're like, oh, we no. love the Mario Brothers. Oh, oh very good, no. very good. Like, that it was really bad, yeah. Ugh. They bow politely in his direction. He turns to Daniela. Ooh, those guys. They want to talk to you. Very big contract. Very big bucks. Well, what are we talking here? Drains, lab leaks, copper repipes? They want the rights to your story for a video game. Oh, no. Luigi pokes his head in. What? That's a crazy. Mario puts an arm around his brother and leads him away. Luigi, a good man once told me. Anything can happen. The new Super Mario Brothers van drives off, bells a-clinking, and streamers a-flyin'. It takes a quarter, passing a series of tabloids with all the usual headlines. Camera slowly picks out one of them. Plumber marries dinosaur. Fungus gives bride away. Oh. The end. Then, it could happen. I love it. This is this is the best movie. You know, it really was. The fourth time really was the charm on that one. No, this is like the tenth time's the charm. Oh man. no, no! I think the fourth. Oh, actually, one was... actually, this is the one, two, three, fourth. This is the sixth times the charm. Hey, we'll get there eventually. We'll we'll be as strong as they are. So, Matt, overall thoughts on the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie? I I I feel like looking through these scripts really gives away a lot of the issues that this movie ultimately has. 
Well, like I said earlier, it really feels like they just like picked and choose portions of each of the cuts. And they, they just chose all of the worst ver choices. Like if you could have picked like the worst version of to make of this movie, this is it. I don't even, I mean, I agree with you, but I think that's what happens when you have one of the most negative onset experiences ever. I mean, Dennis Hopper has called this the biggest failure of his career by well, far. Well, yeah, but I... In every single interview. I mean, they hated them. Dennis Hopper screamed at them for like a half hour on set because they kept having him do this stupid stuff. Like, they literally had to change the schedule around for the day. He was screaming at them for so long. Then Man, finally he it. was like, all right, I'll do one more take. Imagine being on that set and having to rewrite every day with your budget getting cut. It just wasn't the right mindset to make a good movie. Yeah. And I think that really starts at the head. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you're when you're trapped in the beginning with a set of people who don't want to be in the movie, who don't want to be making the movie, you're never going to get something good. What a bizarre movie. It's just... Yeah. The fact that it, the fact that it exists is like a great is a great testament to the to like the people who were involved because the fact that it got made is incredible. If they rewrote the last half of the movie with a smaller budget in mind from the beginning and they yeah. simplified it, they take out the Koopas Tower, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I really think it would have helped the movie a lot. I mean, it would be impossible to truly do it because of the because of the budget constraints. But I legitimately think the best version of this movie is the high fantasy version. I agree. Like, I think it has the most potential. It'd be the most entertaining. But also, it's the version that not even Nintendo wanted. Yeah, well, true. Which but I don't understand, but... I have a feeling they believed that making it too fantasy and video gamey would prevent the general public from enjoying it. Despite yeah, how, I can see that. Despite how obtuse of a concept that actually is. Because this right. movie would be much better to a lot more people if it really just leaned into the fantasy of the whole thing. Because I, yeah. I think that's something people could connect with. Like the, the escapism versus like the whatever pop realism bullshit this movie has. I, I think this movie is really cool too because it's one of the rare instances where you can really see a creative team going, Okay, this isn't working. We have a budget and this is a great way of showing when it really doesn't work you know yeah, and it's it not like they didn't try like there's a total of how many different writers on this across all these versions um one two three four um five six seven eight there, there were eight different writers who came in and jumped off at different times wow. of the script like that's wild well, and, and, and we've seen movies throughout time who have been, like, doctored up like that. They notoriously fall apart. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know. This is a movie where it was weird enough that it's almost able to become, like, a cult classic, I feel. Almost. And I think that because of the IP with it, it eventually will. I think we're a few years off from that. But I don't think that it's good enough to be, like, a... Or even bad good enough to be like one of those seminal classics. Like I still enjoy no. it for my sentimental reasons, but this is a movie that like you have pay attention to. Yeah, this is one of those movies you like you actively want to be drunk to watch, even when you know what's coming. 
Like, if you're surprised by this movie while drunk, I think that has its benefits too. But if you go into it knowing what's happening and are drunk, it's a much better movie. I mean, this is these are scriptwriters who try to have scenes where Koopa was losing his memory like an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's this just, is a children's game. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta work those adult themes into it, Ben. It's all what's what make video I games legitimate. It's a children's movie, man. Yeah, the classic, the American classic that never was. Do Do you have any final thoughts, Matt? Everyone should watch the Prince of Persia movie. <laughs> um, because I think it would be better. That's uh, no one did it like Laura Croft. It's better than Uva Ball's House of the Dead movie. Yeah, sure. We can we can hang our hats on that. It's not, it's not the worst video game movie ever. It did start no. a very unfortunate trend, though. Do you think, Matt, if this movie was handled better, that future video game movies would yeah. have been treated with more respect? 100%. I think, so. I think it, it did the opposite of what Blade did for comic book movies. Because, mm. I, 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 I mean, Blade, Blade and this are kind of in a similar vein where, like, people had kind of sort of messed with it in the past prior to it. But when it comes to having, like, a budget and a real story... T- tackling your other was comic book movies or uh, superhero movies or video game movies. No one really did it, and this movie was the initial disappointment. But with Blade, it initially started as actually something mildly exciting to watch, and like it divorced itself from the the content, but fully embraced the actual lore and logic of the thing. Um, and it didn't feel stupid, which I think is a big part about video games is they don't, they try to like make it about the game or like in the universe, but then they treat it like the universe is a game. And very infrequently does that work well outside of like the lit RPG subgenre of fiction or the recent Jumanji movies. All the Jumanji movies are pretty good. Yeah. Even Zathura. I like Zathura. Yeah. Zathura is good. It's literally though, like jumanji almost the same dialogue same pacing yeah i mean it to me that's one of the most endearing parts of it i mean yeah but jumanji does it better yeah that's the issue and josh hutcherson does look like he's sleeping through that whole movie i'm sure he was so uh and also the more if you do want to watch this movie the morton jankel cut is the best version yeah i mean you are still probably going to really run out of energy like the movie does most of the way through um but oh and also props to all the uh effects people Mm -hmm. um oh yeah the 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 practicals at least in this movie have something or redeeming quality yeah the practicals in this are really cool the goombas look strange yeah um they they they're labeled as goombas in every version of the script there's okay something that says that they're originally going to be koopas which is why they look so weird but they changed the name because you know koopa's called koopa yeah so you don't have two sets but I haven't actually seen any draft of the script that suggests that's true. Oh, okay. Like there was ever anything else going on. Right. Well, at least, at least, at least we got this. Yeah. So, and with that said, that is our review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Morton Janko cut. It does make it better, but you still got to have some drinks before this. And maybe if you're drunk enough, this will hold. 
special place in your heart. Yeah, it could. It could, especially if you only, like, remember or acknowledge about 45% of the movie actually happening. And maybe if it doesn't happen the first three times you watch it, it'll happen the next time. Because sometimes the fourth time's the chum. Good afternoon. Good morning. Living in America. Oh, yeah. 